Since we have done one or two words in this Anuvaka, I'll start from the beginning because there's been a gap. So very, uh, this is a very auspicious, uh, this is a very auspicious Anuvaka. Of course, you know, that's a, even as I say this, I feel like smiling because the whole Rudram is auspicious. <laughs> and so, you know, to single out one Anuvaka as auspicious seems silly at best. But, uh, you know, we are talking of mad human beings and uh, their mad ways of thinking. And in these mad ways of thinking, this becomes a very, uh, what is that, you know, this uh, gradations of which is auspicious, which is more auspicious, which is, you know, better, etc. That is in keeping with the thinking, very limited thinking, because a person who is studying the Shatarudriya is, uh, you know, a Jnani wannabe, correct? And so the Jnani wannabe perhaps has classified this as more important. And then, uh, you know, based on their own criteria, and what are those criteria? The criteria has to do, you see, it will be unfolded. I don't want to give it away. And uh, so, based on their own criteria, they have classified something as very important, not so important, etc. And uh, so, here is, you know, this is, the, the, we can have a twofold way of looking at it. Either the people in the tradition, you know, the Panditjis and scholars, everybody who is chanting, they decided that this is very, this is one of the most auspicious Anuvakas. And so that's why it is, you know, especially in uh, Andhra and uh, Andhra, Telangana and Karnataka, we have the, um, we have the Harahara coming in before. We don't say just Namas Somaya. You have to make sure that it is uh, highlighted. Harahara Namas Somaya, you know, that's why you put that there. So, because it is, you want to highlight that as a very important anuvaka. You know, just like you can, you, you can't choose, uh, you know, which is the most important chapter in the Bhagavad Gita. It is impossible to choose like that. Here also it's important. Explanation is that the scholars who came later, who were studying this, added this harahara and then decided that this was a very important anuvaka. Or we can also say, that perhaps the even the ancient rishis 
considered it very important. Uh, why? Because they were thinking like the masses who would be studying this and chanting this. You know, for because from the standpoint of the masses, and here is the reason why this is considered important. From the standpoint of the masses, you know why it is so. What is so? What is important from the standpoint of the general people who may or may not be studying Vedanta? What is it that's important? You know, well-being, artha kama. No, artha kama, well-being. You know, so from the standpoint of the people, it is. I want everything. Yoga, kshema, pursuits. What I don't want to have, what I don't have, I want to get. And what I have got with great difficulty after fending off other jivas, you know, <laughs> slapping them on the wrist and keeping them at bay, I want to protect kshema. Praptasya rakshanam kshemaha. So, this yoga kshema pursuits are very important, and yoga kshema, in other words, is also what? Artha kama. Artha doesn't mean money, it means what? Security. Yeah. Security, you know, and of course, here the security is not centered on the self, that's why artha is a separate pursuit. Otherwise, we just have moksha. What's the point of having artha? You know, it is anartha actually. But, uh, you know, here we say that here we say that this is uh, so here we say artha pursuit is uh, separate from moksha because here the person who is not studying vedanta who is not having sarvatma bhava and who doesn't know what vedanta is is zeroing in on the regularly established channels of gaining security via job via bank balance, via what else, you know, uh, relationships, house, children, etc. So, some kind of a validation one seeks to, uh, you know, to deter this constant feeling within oneself, to dismiss this feeling or to, you know, that, that I am insecure. So, this is what is, so the earth, this is artha. Kama means, you know, it's the, the security itself is not important by itself. The security becomes a medium for happiness. So, this karma again is happiness centered on everything that one can objectify. And anything and everything that one can objectify is what, you know, is other than oneself. Correct? So, the, all the finite ends become, you know, start looking really fine, you know. And so, this is what is called artha karma pursuits. So, from the standpoint of this Anubhaka, the Arthakama, the, the Bhagavan as Sarva Loka Upasya Murtihi, as a source of blessing, as a source of being invoked to milk the Artha and the Kama from, the, from Bhagavan, you know. And that's why this Anubhaka becomes very famous. From the standpoint of the people who are not studying Vedanta, and perhaps who don't want to study Vedanta, nobody not wants to study Vedanta, they are not ready to study Vedanta. So, for them, this is a, a fervent prayer. This Anuvaka may be read, uh, you know, on the level of a fervent prayer for samsarika sukha. All kinds of sukha that you can milk and eke out of samsara, you know. You squeeze samsara and you know with great difficulty a few drops come out, you know, of happiness. 
you know and even though they are not even there is not even enough propulsion for the drops to fall they are still hanging here at the tip of the hand so that that is what is here the lord is invoked as the giver of the samsarika sukha sukha centered on the finite samsarika sukha okay but that's not the only reason why this anubhaka is very very celebrated <coughs> and this anubhaka is also celebrated for you know what is that atyantika sukha in the form of moksha you know the ultimate sukha ultimate sukha is knowing that i'm 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 free of looking i'm free of being a scavenger of sukha in samsara otherwise <coughs> that's what you are you are a rag picker of small small things you know that you collect keep on collecting 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 and so you know you know and that understanding that i don't have to pick the rags and the scraps of happiness that are you know residual happiness that is you know generated by what subject object mingling subject object union so to speak you know and uh, so and therefore the pressure for the subject i to become one with various objects is gone you know because why i am everything i am an extension of everything everything is non separate from me because everything is ishvara and i am that ishvara and you know so therefore that pressure is gone and that's what is called the ultimate you know purushartha moksha because you are no longer longing first the longing is replaced by a sense of belonging with and to ishvara i am one with ishvara in that sense and then you know in that belonging the the notion in that new found belonging the notion of alienation goes away completely and then one feels connected to ishvara and then with the help of knowledge etc vedanta classes and this study one knows that one is everything is myself alone it's a step by step you know Uh, understanding so this anubhaka is regarded as you know is is regarded as highly exalted anubhaka shrestha because it invokes bhagavan as you know moksha as a as an embodiment of moksha as the one who shows the moksha marga and who gives moksha sukha so that's why you see this is a very celebrated anubhaka from the standpoint of the people who want samsara and sukha inside samsara you know which is kind of an oxymoron but then you know <laughs> yeah or you know and people who want to transcend this samsara and to understand sukha as the truth of themselves understand this ishvara as themselves so for both of them Uh, for both these kinds of people for people who are uh, what is that for people who are connected to and wanting the first which is again means and ends what are the means yagna puja rituals chanting meditation whatever it is you know various kinds of uh, rituals and then what is the ends give me this give me that you know give me you know make make me make my make my situation little bit better make it even more better 
better than what the neighbors of course yeah get <laughs> my situation uh, better than everyone else surrounding me so this is this is what is you know so it, it appeals to that category of people and it also appeals to people who say i don't want this samsara oh lord give me this knowledge of the truth of myself as naturally free so that's why and the other reason it's it's regarded as shreshtha is you know uh, the first word is what namaha somaya soma means what moon cool you know yeah that's why he has that moon on the forehead he has the sun also that's the rudra aspect <laughs> which is hot and anything that is hot is uh, fiery you know here's some bothersome but here what we are invoking is that cool compassionate aspect the blessing aspect the moon is a great blessing because of the coolness the sun you cannot even look at uh, him that's why all these argya and all happens at sunrise when you can actually look at the sun even 10 minutes after sunrise you cannot gaze at the sun too much and so the sun becomes the rudra raudra aspect of the same bhagavan and the the moon becomes what the shanta shanta means the you know the one who is free of all vikaras cool a blessing source because you can look at the moon you know one week and then the vyutpatti artha here is umaya sahavartate iti uh, you know soma the one who is non separate from the goddess uma and again you know rudra difficult to invoke because he is you know when you say rudra where are you he says here i am and he is pointing the arrow <laughs> right at you which arrow which arrow come on ha karma phala arrow exactly he is pointing that you know he is looking somewhere else and pointing and then you say rudra oh, yes tell me <laughs> you call you know and so therefore very difficult to invoke bhagavan this way but then here you know you you uh, umaya sahavartate means goddess uma is by the side and like the moon she is cool calm compassionate and she compliments him very nicely because this fellow is very you know what is that you know this fellow just counts all your doshas you know he is the only one allowed to do that <laughs> he says you know i have a whole list ganana has been done and i have a whole list of reckoning of all the karmas you have to undergo and this arrow you know is there it's not a flower arrow like kamadeva it's an arrow that is you know very sharp nicely sharpened you know by all the karmas whose karmas are own karmas the jeeva's own karmas and then it's 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 focused right there and very difficult to look at so you can kind of you know tune out rudra here and then invoke him as soma the one who is sitting with uma so you can only look at the goddess you know you can just say you don't exist for me i am only looking at the goddess but somehow the two are connected vagartha vivasan samprikta vagartha pratipattaye jagatas pitarau vande parvati parameshwaro what a lovely kalidasa what a lovely prayer 
this is his opening prayer you know so mata cha pita cha here you know pitaram vande so it's it's a dwandva you know you bring the two together you know mata and pita become you know here in a dual pitara you know pitaram vande pitaram vande and then so jagata pitaram vande pitaram dual because mata is also included you know and then we have you know this this is what the whole thing is in sanskrit you make it into one word why because they are one how are they one they can never be separate because they are connected to one another like a word and its meaning you know they are samprikta joined like a word with its meaning can you separate a word from its meaning no similarly you cannot separate the parents of the universe you know mata and pita of the universe from one another from one another so this uh, jagatah pitarau vande mata cha pita cha pitarau and so jagatah pitarau vande i salute the parents of the universe who in the form of parvati and parameshwara very beautiful so like this here when you invoke when you say okay rudra i'm not looking at you i'm only looking at you who the beautiful pleasing goddess rudra comes along because he is part of her she is part of him we cannot separate that but from the standpoint of invocation you know it is easier to relate to easier to invoke this is this is what the whole thing and so therefore you know this becomes a very uh, easy way to invoke for who for the one who is afraid of one's own karma phala and then you know and then this is this is the one who is a who is feeling the um, feeling embroiled in samsara now for the mokshaarthi also the word soma somaya is very very celebrated because after all the syllables in the word uma u ma and a what is it reminding us om yeah om in a different order a and u are manifest aspects of the lord the lord that is manifest or manifesting and then um is the unmanifest so the om is a syllable that includes the swarupa lakshana one self as satchidananda unmanifest you know and also how this satchidananda is manifest into every name and every form that also it is included there and so therefore the, the word om is highly celebrated because all that is here is what om all that is here is om and then all that was there before om all that is going to be there sikale tishthati you know that which is going to be there in other periods of time if there is time that is also om what about time time is om space is om what am i om what are you om you know om is home and you know yeah om is your home that is where you abide 
home is home and uh, you know you are at home when you are home that is basically what it is and so soma here means the one who is with the goddess who is the knowledge of home what kind of knowledge of home the knowledge of home cannot be separate from you so the one who is the knowledge of home as the truth of yourself and a simulated knowledge of home namas somaya and of course after invoking the goddess then what else rudrayache then being equipped with the mahastra mahastra means a great weapon lord rudra has a weapon correct what is that weapon a bow and arrows symbolizing your own karma phala but now this fellow who is invoking bhagavan is transformed you know by invoking the goddess first because the goddess has given him a mahastra called omkara pranavastra a weapon in the form of pranava om so now who is stronger yeah who is stronger the one who has om astra is stronger then the mere articulation of bhagavan as a karma phala data <laughs> because the one who is got the armor the shield the kavacha of om and the mahastra called om because in fact om is considered mahastra and when you start your uh, mundaka home study it will be very clear there in the mundaka upanishad it is mahastra you know aupanishadam mahastram upanishade bhavam aupanishadam so that which is born of the upanishad what is born of the upanishad omkara and its meaning because it is revealed by the upanishad and it is a mahastra dhanur grihitva here also it is like a dhanu dhanu ho it is also a bow so now you have a bow says the mundaka upanishad and what kind of a bow it is aupanishadam born of the upanishad revealed by the upanishad and it is mahastra dhanur grihitva upanishadam mahastram so you take this bow and then very funny you know this is a very nice um, meditation that's given in the mundaka upanishad so the dhanu is om but of course we know that om is everything so the arrow is also om the arrow dhanu is the essence of om the bow is the essence of om and the arrow is omkara uchcharana as the practice you know and then what is the lakshya where you know if if we are talking of bow and arrow so the uchcharana is the arrow and then you place that into that understanding of what that om is in the form of the bow which is the mahastra and then what you know and it says that you know focus everything focus every fiber and nerve in your body and the practice of this uchcharana the repetition of the mantra om 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 goes and hits and what does it hit om oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so the uchcharana is just for the sake of developing that vairagya developing that you know all the things that you get from the practice of this meditation so that is why the uchcharana is 
and then you know but everything is om alone and so now you have a nicely sharpened arrow because you have been chanting om why because you looked at uma enough she has blessed you with this and her coolness has blessed you with this her compassion has blessed you with the mahastra she says don't worry if you are afraid to look at my habdi you know take this om <laughs> take this mahastra and then you are you are strong because om has made you strong and then you can say rudraya namaha next one very beautiful because you are not afraid of karma bhala the one who understand the meaning of om karma bhala is just like a little chuda you know what is chuda yeah some chau chau you know like it's not even a main wheel it is not even a main wheel something chai ke sath you know time pass you have a little snack yeah you're not even hungry for it yeah karma phala is time bound you have the mahastra called om timeless om and then so this time bound karma phala you say okay let me eat it no problem you know you chew a little bit and then you know wash it down that's all it is nothing you know it's just time pass and the kathopanishad says as much you know yasya brahmacha kshatram cha ubhe bhavatah odanam so the these you know big big statuses in society i am brahmana you know and they look around you know yeah everyone else is ab brahmana i am a brahmana different <laughs> different but not so different <laughs> so i am a brahmana and everyone is a brahmana you know waste of time and then what i am a kshatriya this is the cream of the society at least in the ancient you know uh, what you know these hierarchies i am a kshatriya i belong to the ruling class and you know and all of you are just lowly mortals this kind of a consciousness this kind of a status you know symbols and the awareness of these status symbols yasya for whom brahmacha kshatrancha so this brahmana kshatriya all these divisions ubhe bhavatah both of them become like dal and rice odanam <laughs> yeah you mix the sambar and rice brahmana is sambar and uh, kshatriya is the rice and then you mix them and the gyani here yasya means for whom this the one who knows this the one who knows the truth of no divisions for them all divisions are just to be enjoyed like food yeah and as though that is not enough mrityu you know upasechanam cha upasechanam means pickle yeah, little condiment you know you don't put so much pickle on the plate you know unless you are visiting india for the first time you know <laughs> i was at a conference and some kind of elders conference it was and all indigenous people and there was one uh, uh, lady from new zealand you know <laughs> she was going through the line buffet line and then uh, first thing there was pickled <laughs> she put four helpings so much pickled and thankfully a lot of people including myself apprehended her and made her put it back <laughs> yeah 
you will have to go to the hospital you know otherwise you just eat this much and even that much was difficult for her afterwards she said i'm so glad you saved my life <laughs> you know yeah so nobody eats that particular means you put a little bit you know and then so mrityu that which makes everyone dance everyone run away this mrityu here you know lord yama is very wonderful teacher because he is capable of making fun of himself so mrityu is who himself is referring to and he says the for the gnani i am just a little you know yeah little taste that's all because the one who has transcended all divisions in society and for the one who has transcended mrityu mrityu is what karma bhala yeah mrityu is not to you to the body the body is a product of karma so mrityu only hits what karma you know mrityu hits the body it's karma phala and so so this finite you know that which makes everything finite is just a nice tasty little condiment for the gnani so that's why here you know the bhagwan's arrow has turned into chuda you know for whom the one who is equipped with a mahastra by invoking uma yes mahastra of om the knowledge of om you know brings home the fact that there is nothing to be afraid of therefore oh your bell to rudra hi baba yeah baba somaya cha rudraya cha then after having invoked in the form of the moon soma back to the meaning of the moon then you invoke the sun you know because the source of the moon is what sun the source of everything is the sun and the sun here is invoked beautifully in stages namaha to the coppery one tamraya what is the coppery one the orange one that is just rising yeah and then arunaya aruna also is the rising sun but then the aruna is a little more yellowish rising sun still baby sun but rising sun why only baby sun because really you cannot invoke sun in any other way you know so this uh, uh, the invocation of the sun becomes an important sadhana in in the uh, you know in in the shastra in our dharma because you know it is it is rife with many many you know symbol symbolism and many many uh, you know ways uh, many many um, what is that you know vedantic truths here and uh, so what is the symbolism here on the very basic level you know bhagavan in the form of surya is divakara the one who makes my day you know you tell people oh you made my day really speaking the sun is what is making your day because if the sun doesn't rises the whole thing will go into chaos if there were no sun the whole world cannot exist because everybody and everything depends on sunlight you know so the plants will not grow nothing will be there there will be no food and you know and this is what happens and we know this how do we know this because they had a 3 day period without sun then when baby hanuman ji mistook the tamra the coppery one to be an apple yeah. swaha 
you know so he jumped he was fond of jumping it is baby hanumanta and baby hanumanta jumped caught hold of the coppery moon sun and then put it in his mouth and then the you know that uh, the, the some there are some appendages to hanuman chalisa you know tina tina hu loka bhayo andhiyaro all the world's trilokas were you know covered in darkness tahi sutras bhai jagako everybody had was very badly affected they were anguished they were distressed they were afraid so you know here when baby hanuman ji swallowed up the rising sun mistaking it for apple or an orange something he he, he just thought it was something to eat and he ate it up then uh, uh, all the devas came and fell at his feet and requested him to spit out the sun devana ani kari vinati you know they 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 all made a request please don't do this we'll give you lot of apples we'll give you lot of oranges this is not something to eat please spit it out and then the world was back at you know back to normal you see so this is all ways of showing the importance of uh, you know surya in the life of the people and uh, surya here you know for everybody is in the tradition is very important that's why the first prayer has to do with going to a bank of some kind of a water river pond lake sea and then giving argya standing in the water and greeting the sun with three times you offer water you know and thank the sun for rising and it's a very nice way to begin the day and then of course there is something called surya namaskara a very a staple of uh, practice within yogasanas yogasanas are actually all based on surya namaskara only that is the there is a first one, full body exercise you kind of thaw out the body and stretch it in the sun completely and then the first namaskara goes to bhagavan surya so very important all these are very important sadhanas and you know it keeps the mind alert is it, it it drives away from the standpoint of sadhana such things drive away the tamas they drive away the tamas and you know you you begin the day actively even though you don't feel like i mean there's no feeling in hindu dharma yeah it doesn't matter what you feel like what you have to do takes precedence over your feeling okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. but in america it's not like that here people if you ring the bell also they don't open and then afterwards you ask this happened to me when i first came to this country one uh, you know couple said come for potluck you know and come we are, we are having some gathering so you know i made something i don't remember what and then i took this big dabba of sambar or something and then uh, you know i had to change two buses so two buses i changed i didn't even know where it was then walked something and then i knocked on the door knocked on the door knocked on the door nobody opened rang the bell did a pradakshina of the house thinking <laughs> maybe they are in the back you know nobody was there nothing you know and then uh, it was some it was little wintry so it was getting dark so then i caught the two buses and came back and ate that sambar for a week 
and then uh, you know. <laughs> so no, actually, I didn't. I gave it away, but I'm just joking. But then the next day, you know, I met those people, and then they were completely nonchalant. No, like, oh, did you come? We are sorry, nothing. And then I myself was so curious how anybody could be like this. So then, so because first I got worried for them. Something drastic must have happened. They must not have been sick. They went to the hospital. Something happened. And then I finally I went, you know, uh, you know, there was some break was there in this program, some, you know, and then I went, and then I uh, talked to them and I said, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, we are fine. How are you? I said, <laughs> I'm also fine, but uh, I'm just wondering what happened yesterday. Yesterday, and they're looking at each other. What was yesterday? <laughs> I said, well, you asked me to, I said, maybe, then I started to have a doubt, maybe I was mistaken myself, you know, so maybe I was mistaken, but I thought you invited me and you're going to have a posh, oh, that, you know, suddenly they remember, yeah. oh, did you come? Yeah, I said, of course I came. <laughs> I said, uh, your, maybe your doorbell is not working, I thought, no, no, it's working, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, I knocked on the door, I went around, I called out your names, nobody, yeah, you know, we just had had a long day and I just didn't feel like opening the door. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was, you know. So, here, this in, in, the, in the Hindu dharma, in the Vaidika dharma, this feeling is, is to be, you know, kept tied up. Yeah, you tie up the feelings. And you don't let it lose so that it ties up the duty and what you're supposed to do. The duty notion ties up the feeling. That's what it is. Just because you don't feel like it, that's not the, the, the whole point. So here, the Surya Namaskara forces one to connect to the various, you know, Nadi. Nadis means the various invisible meridians that are recognized in Ayurveda and recognized in ancient Chinese medicine and this Marma therapy, everything, you know. So various subtle channels, this is all part of the, what is that, you know, the subtle aspects of the body. So the sukshma, uh, you know, body, the sukshma part, very sukshma, you know, you cannot objectify it. And if you do an autopsy, you don't find these nadis because they are all subtle, but they are very much connected. But the Surya Namaskara activates all of them and makes one greet the day with enthusiasm. And then, you know, then if you ask the question, why should I greet the day with enthusiasm? It's not for the sake of Surya Bhagavan. It is for your own sake. So this is how we assure that every day for us is a good day. There's no, you know, we don't need to wish one another. Have a good day, you know. The day automatically becomes good. If I am, you know, abhimukha, means I am oriented towards it in a healthy way, then the day automatically becomes good. So that's why, the sun is the first invoked. This is from the standpoint of sadhana. From the standpoint of Vedanta also, the sun has a very, very important role to fill, you know, because it's virtually the only example for Atma, other than space perhaps. You know, sun means what? Self-lit. You don't have to show the sun with the help of another um, object or what is that? Another uh, thing of light. 
there is no source, another source of light is not needed and so the sun is the only source of light and it is a self-standing source of light. It, unlike the moon, it is not lit by something else. So to the eye, the self-evident self, you know, I don't have to ask the neighbor, do I exist? Am I here? Can you please corroborate my existence? You don't have to ask anybody. So the self-lit atma, self-effulgent, self-evident atma is nothing but what? Like the sun. So therefore for the Vedantin, the sun becomes a shining example, the only example really of what the eye is like. So therefore, you know, the, uh, you know, the Upanishad also talks about, you know, the sun, you know, as the self, similar to the self. And then, when, when the Vedantin or the Vedantin Monabi looks at the sun, looks upon Tamra, the baby rising sun, Aruna, the slightly yellowish, you know, rising sun, then, you know, though that, that darshan of the sun is a reminder of the truth of myself. And when I have the darshan of the sun, as, as someone who is committed to moksha, and committed to this knowledge, then what do I see? I see something very important. I see that I am unaffected by everything, just like the sun is unaffected by what it illumines. This is very important. If the sun shines on a group of people doing Pradosha Puja, then everybody is happy, you know, that the light of the sun shone on the Shivalinga, shone on all the Bhaktas, very nice. Just say, let's say in the next house, there is a group of people planning some kind of a grand uh, larceny, bank robbery or something like that, you know. Let's say there also the sun, <laughs> sun is shining. Why? Because it does not discriminate. It's an indiscriminate light. Anyatra dharmat, anyatra adharmat. That which is beyond dharma and adharma, notions of good and bad, do not touch the atma. And these notions of good and bad are not at all there. And that which transcends both, upholds both, is neither. This is what is called, you know, the sun worship for the Vedanta. The sun becomes, you know, some kind of a atma, atma pujanam, atma archana, you know. And so, this is, you know, this is what we say. That that's why for both the uh, samsari and the sannyasi, the sun has a very important place. If you, if you are a sadhaka, then also it's an important thing. Or if you want to do some sadhana and if you want to sort of have a good day, uh, within quotes, you make sure that you have every day is a good day, start by Surya Namaskara and invocation of the sun. Then the third meaning, very important, the third symbol here is that, you know, it's not that I'll objectify the sun, you know, but I see that even though the sun is self-lit, it needs to be objectified by me. And what is this me? That consciousness which is the truth of this body-mind sense complex and which is the truth of the sun. What is sun other than atma? What is I other than atma? So the atma of this body-mind sense complex is the atma in the sun. Same thing. Very beautiful. That is like the ultimate understanding. Yaschayam Purushe Yaschasa Vadithye 
Saekaha. This is what this. That which is in the sun. What is in the sun? You know. If you look at it, then there are black spots in the sun. No, we are not talking about the physical sun. That which makes the sun, sun. That which makes the sun shine. And that which makes you, this animates you, the ahankara, which, you know, which powers the body-mind-sense complex as well. That one is ekaha. That is that one non-dual consciousness. Therefore, namastamraya. Namas, Namaha, Arunayaja. And then next one. Shamga. You know the word Sham is again, you know, not translatable. Happiness you can say, but it's much more than that. Much more than Sukha or happiness. Sham, uh, you know, means the uh, a kind of a contentment and a total sense of well-being. Sham. And it's the same word in Shamkaraha, Shankaraha. Shamkaroti, the one who is the, the Hetu of Sham. The one that causes Sham to happen is called Shankara. Shambhava. You know, Shambhavati Asmat. From because of whom there is Sham. Shambhavati Asmat iti Shambhavaha. Shankaroti iti Shankaraha. And here it is. Shangaha, you know, this in Sanskrit we can, you know, shorten the words. Gachati iti gaha. There are a lot of words that end in gaha. Gachati means goes, that which goes, and we shorten it to gaha. You know, agaha. Nagachati iti agaha. And then and then what else? Khe gachati. Khagaha. That which goes in space. What is that? Khaga. It could be a plane, it could be a bird, or it could be Superman. Anything that goes in space is called Khaga. And then what else? Uragaha. Urasi gachati. Iti uragaha. That which goes with the help of uras, chest. What goes on its chest? Snake. Or a small baby, you know, <laughs> that also moves, propels itself, you know, but generally snake, uragaha, nagachati, agaha, and then here, shangaha, here we have to change the gaha to not gachati, but gamayati, sham gamayati iti shangaha, gamayati is a causal form of gachati, you know, gachati means goes, gamayati means causes to go. In other words, Nayati leads. So, Namaha Shangaya. So, here these are all very auspicious words because we see the Lord as the giver of happiness in, in different ways, and all those ways are going to be talked about. So, we see the Bhagavan as the, you know, uh, the one who leads you to happiness. Shangaya cha Namaha. Because all happiness, whether it is happiness derived through the, the finite, the world of, you know, means and ends, or whether it is the uh, infinite Swarup that one owns up and assimilates, both are due to what? Bhagavan alone. In the first instance, Bhagavan is dipping the arrow in some 
fruit juice and then giving you know punya and then in the second instance bhagavan is you know dipping the arrow in some ointment gyananjana and opening the eyes and removing the cataract so in either case bhagavan is the cause of samsara sukha samsarika sukha and bhagavan is the cause of moksha or atyantika sukha as well through knowledge one is through karma phala the other is through knowledge and so namashangaya cha then yeah so this first this shanga is is uh, seen you know the pashupati is a connection to the shanga namashangaya uh, cha and pashupati means why does he give this happiness whether it's the happiness of very the ones being or whether it's the happiness connected to karma phala you know why does he give this because he is the lord of all beings pashupati pashunam patihi yeah pashu here means all jivas and also if you want to have a little more sophisticated uh, thing the, the bestial parts of oneself the uh, one who presides over abides over over lordship the one who has over the bestial aspects of oneself in other words the bestial aspects of oneself the reactionary non accommodative sad fearful kaful of kama krodha lobha moha madha matsarya that one all these bestial aspects of oneself have to be what tamed in order to enjoy any kind of sukha correct because how can you have sukha if all these competing you know what is that you know unbridled ragadveshas which are like pashus and unbridled tendencies uncouth tendencies that have uncomely tendencies that have not been you know disciplined that have not been brought into some kind of a, you know uh, suspension one cannot enjoy any sukha because one will be constantly you know negative about everything naturally because one is not in the place to enjoy sukha that's why you see nataraja you see lord dakshina murti underneath is one fat baby like creature looks like a baby but has a mustache has a shield defensive and has a sword offensive come near me and i'll show you ready to fight all the time you know and and it has a name what is the name apasmara the one who haunts by memory <laughs> memory of what this one was mean to me that one was full of you know doing wrong things i will not talk to them how long at least three lifetimes i will not talk to them. <laughs> i will not see them as though they are waiting to see you you know <laughs> yeah so the the grudge bearer but why because the, this fellow remembers wrong things apasmara all the thing that is apa wrong things you know the one that keeps on remembering or the one that haunts through memory because those memories keep coming back you know like you've eaten some kind of a overeaten you know you eat lot of cucumber and then the cucumber talks back you know yeah <laughs> and then so like this all these memories are constantly regurgitated and then one cannot be at peace 
So this is what is this apasmara. It's like a pashu because you cannot reason with the pashu. If you make a donkey sit down and give upadesha, what is it going to do? You know, mahavakya upadesha to a donkey. What will it do? It will get up and go. Yeah, it will not even sit. Or if you give dharma upadesha, forget mahavakya, maybe it's not ready, it's not an adhikari, it doesn't have shamadhama, but at least I can teach it dharma. You know, so you make the donkey sit down and say, please do not kick a sadhu. Will it listen? Absolutely not. It will not even understand. Forget listen. You cannot reason with the Pashu. Why? Because it has Prakrita Buddhi. Prakrita Buddhi means, you know, just as nature made Buddhi. I want to grab, I go grab. I want to kill, I mean, donkeys don't kill, but here any Pashu, like uh, these big cats, lions, tigers, etc. You can't make them sit and make them vegetarian, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot sit and say, please, you know, I, the world is in bad shape. <laughs> Have plant-based nutrition. Yeah. Uh, I, I already, you know, reserved the right. <laughs> it will not listen. It is a carnivore. Yeah. It is, it is, it is, it is built that way. Correct? You are not built that way. You are an omnivore. There is a difference. Omnivore means sarva bhakshaka. Anything that you see, you eat. You know, one child told me in UG, you know, one child told me that, you know, I love seafood. I eat seafood. And I said, you eat seafood? What is this? Because I know that the parents are vegetarian. So then the mother said, she's just trying to be clever. Whatever she eats, sees, she eats. That's why seafood. Spelled S E E food. So, so you see, you can't reason an animal means you know you don't have to look down upon it, but it's a bhoga shariram eva. It is just a, an expression of papa karma of the jiva. Papa karma, why? Because it cannot express its pain. It is subject to ill treatment and abuse. People cut it and eat it as they feel like. You know, people tie it up and do all kinds of things to it. So, it is it is subject to the whims and fancies of everyone. That's why it is called Papa Karma expression. It's not able to express happiness. It's not uh, able to express sorrow, perhaps in a rudimentary way, but not more than that. And so, therefore, you know, you cannot reason with the Pashu. And similarly, there are, you know, there are bestial aspects in all beings, all human beings. You know, there are certain areas where the no reasoning works. Everything is Bhagavan. So what? It will say. <laughs> Therefore, you should really not have this feeling that this person you don't like. No, I will continue to have the feeling that this person is a cheat, a fraud and I will not like them. You know, this is what you cannot reason with certain aspects within the being. And unless... Of course, one has had a lot of Vedanta and therefore, what? Namashangayacha and then that and that Pashupatayacha. So, the Pashupati means the one who corrals. Bhagavan is like a sheep dog who brings all these sheep together. It barks and then brings, collects all these tendencies. These sheep-like follow-the-leader tendencies that one has within oneself not given to reason. 
always saying bah and crying all the time these tendencies are corralled by bhagavan and bhagavan rules over them so when you invoke bhagavan as pashunam patihi that means what please preside not only over the beasts that roam around in the universe in the forests and the seas and the sludges and uh, you know all these areas but please preside over the beasts that roam in the forests of the radha dveshas within me give bhagavan permission to what should i say bring up grow up make the raise all these you know all these inner children and the bestial parts of oneself because the uh, disciplining the bestial parts of oneself is 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 very very important because without that there is no happiness whether you are talking of vaisheshika uh, you know vaisheshika uh, sukha or you are talking of moksha sukha you cannot have either moksha or even little happiness in samsara if the bestial aspects are always out you cannot have that and i don't know how to control these bestial aspects i don't know i, I lack the ability to manage them oh bhagavan so you please take care of them pashupati because why i want my happiness and that which is coming in the way of my happiness is all these bestial you know prakrita buddhi beings within myself and so please take care of them shangaya cha pashupataye cha then ugraj ugra here means shreshtha exalted you know ugraya cha you know shreshtha why because the um, invoking bhagavan is the most shreshtha thing you can do correct shreshtha oh i mean what else are you going to invoke you know the most exalted thing is to invoke bhagavan and so you invoke bhagavan as shreshtha ugra here ugra yacha then bhima yeah and this bhima here means carry bhima short for bhishma yeah bhima means big scary that's why even in the mahabharata everybody was little frightened of bhima very very this thing you know strong scary and we have it to go, it's almost like the rudra is uh, so the the uh, you know the text rudram is invoking the taitri upanishad bhishasmadvatapapate bhisho deti surya bhishasmadagneshchendrascha mrityurdhavati panchama iti in describing the nature of the lord the upanishad says the following asmat bhishat vatah pavate because of the fear fear is within quotes because of the fear of whom the wind blows vatah pavate asmat bhishat because of the you know fear of whom the wind blows and then that doesn't mean the wind is afraid of bhagavan but it does mean the wind is not a free agent that's why this is not a pantheistic tradition pantheistic means all animistic you know uh, forms and and then the pancha bhutas etc are all what they are all uh, you know animated 
and then they are all seen as sources of uh, they are all seen as Bhagavan, pantheism. But here this is not pantheism because the wind is not you know separate from Bhagavan. Wind is a manifestation of Bhagavan, you know, and then Bhagavan in the form of Ishvara is the overlord of the wind and tells Vayu, please go here, go there, you know, do this, do that, go to Oklahoma, become a twister <laughs> and go to Florida, become a hurricane, hurricane, yeah. That's all, you know, hurricane, Hurry has come, hurricane, that's all it is. Yeah. So, there is some logic to it. There is an infallible order, the atmospheric order, meteorological order in the form of Bhagavan. And of course, we with our free will are and we can and we are constantly, you know, messing with that order. But nonetheless, there is an order and that we are allowed to mess with that order is also part of the order. Otherwise, you can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it, you know. And so, and that we can stop it from happening is also part of the order. And so, therefore, you know, the, the, the Vayu blows because of whom? Because of the fear. Fear means reporting. The boss... Vayu has a boss and that is Bhagavan. And then what? You know, Bhishodeti Surya. The sun rises without, you know, without any objections because of following whose law. And Indra and Agni also do their own jobs because of, you know, whose laws. And finally, Mrityu. What is with you? Death. Lord Yama here. Lord Yama, you know, who makes everyone run. Dhavati <laughs> runs in, in response to whose command? Panchamaha. Panchamaha means fifth one. First we have Vayu, then Agni, Indra, you know, Surya. And then fifth one is Mrityu. Panchamaha Mrityu, Dhavati. And also Dhavati because it doesn't go in chronological order. First 100 years old people I have to take down. You know, then 98, then 97. Then everybody could be fine, you know, if that is the case. But it jumps, Dhavati. Dhavati here is Langhayati. It jumps everywhere. Yeah. 90 year old. Then suddenly 5 year old. Everybody is upset. Then 40 year old. Then 20 year old. Then again, 100 year old, like this it jumps. So, Mrityur Dhavati, all this is a is a spread, you know. It is, it is, you know, like the Bhagavad Gita in the 18th chapter says, Maya tatam idam sarvam, tatam, you know, from tan to spread. That Bhagavan is spread in the form of all these laws, infallible laws that govern the universe. And so, you know, Namaha Ugrayacha, Bhima means the one who is the overlord of all these laws. You see, they forgot that in the Keno Upanishad. That was the problem. You know, the, uh, as the Devas and Asuras had a big fight. We have talked about this in uh, Rudram class itself. 
earlier so this is just a you know what is that reminding i'm not going to go fully into the story and they were rejoicing asmakam eva vijayah asmakam eva mahima iti they were rejoicing and then what what were they who are they indra agni vayu all of them were having fun glasses were clinking with soma juice soma is a plant here okay yeah and everybody was just sort of saying asmakam eva vijayah ours is the glory ours is the victory asmakam eva mahima iti this is these are the words of uh, rejoice rejoicing and then suddenly bhagavan decides to pay a visit in the form of a yaksha and the yaksha has a very simple command you know agni who is agragami who goes first to greet everybody goes and yaksha asks him to burn a miserable dry piece of grass trinam and agni says what is this you know it's like einstein being asked what is 2 plus 2 you know it's an insult it's a slap on the face <laughs> yeah and you know but agni somehow cannot stop but uh, you know cannot but listen to this command anything the yaksha says he keeps on doing and agni says okay i'll try and then he goes because a small blade enough one one little tongue is enough no nothing happens then he commands all the seven tongues seven wives agni has gali karali manojava they all have names <laughs> bhumravarna vishvaruchi daivi all these things the sparkly one the red one the smoky one all of them have names seven tongues of fire seven wives of fire he calls all of them ladies this is a big job it <laughs> seems to be some kind of a trick you know i need your help okay okay coming coming they all come nothing happens then he says i think i need to sit on it sit on it my i think i need to microwave it and sit on it doesn't even change color then he goes away because he doesn't know he just gets frightened and goes away vayu goes to find out who this yaksha is same thing miserable blade of god can you blow this i heard that you blow everything everywhere you know and vayu also is unable nothing happens then all the tornado winds you know category 5 you know hurricane winds gets does not change you know anything doesn't even move a millimeter and then he also gives up indra tries to go at least these other two were able to interact with the yaksha but when indra goes and stands yaksha disappears but indra has a lot of shraddha sits and prays and guess who comes goddess uma who we have been talking about haimavati uma comes and haimavati uma says that you missed i missed this yaksha yes you missed recognizing brahman as bhagavan as the truth of everything you missed recognizing bhagavan as the cause of all your you know victory and so then she teaches him brahma vidya and so like this you know there is a story so here ugraya cha 
ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ Arjuna is sitting behind whom? Krishna. Lord Krishna. Every arrow that comes has to pass through Lord Krishna. Including the famous mantra-powered missile called Nagastra. You know, Nagastra had been, you know, raised by Karna. And Karna had been taking the name of the, uh, what is that, Devata of Nagastra along with Arjuna's name. because that is what is the smart smart weapon of ancient times no other civilian casualty is possible because it would have the name of the person it would go after so nagastra was speci- specifically meant for who arjuna alone nagastra and then you know nagastra is deployed and it will not stop these astras are very funny because these name uh, powered astras they will not stop they will keep on going and chase the target towards the ends of the all the lokas but they will not stop until they find the target they have to hit the target krishna knows this krishna knows that he cannot save arjuna completely from the nagastra what does he do he dips the chariot <laughs> so that you know nagastra hits arjuna's crown and you know makes his head bare by throwing the crown to the ground which is a great insult for a raja great insult for a prince or a raja you should not be without the you know head covering the crown and so here there's only insult if somebody decrowns you it's a very bad omen and so here arjuna has insult but no injury very nice and nagastra goes fus and karna ki is keep on all screaming no 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 you just hit the head come on i'm going to chant the mantra no it is that is part of the law bhagavan in the form of agre vadaha agre sthitva you know standing right in front of arjuna protects him and then later on in the mahabharata arjuna also reveals something else very beautiful detail because you know someone else asks him i forget who um asks him uh, you know during the course of the war itself how are you fighting like this you know how come you have so much confidence and how do you know where to hit what to do you just this is like a war that is you know even the the best person of the best strategy even if they had crafted it it could not go better than this you have just outsmarted everybody how are you doing this during some break somebody asks him. one of the rajas or one of his relatives asks him and he says he says something very interesting 
he says you know whenever i don't know where to point my arrow and my bow you know i'm di- directing my gandiva then suddenly i see a luminous figure in the distance that's when i point my i don't even see the soldiers i don't see anything i just see the soldiers are already fallen or they are already rendered powerless and i see if i see the soldiers i see them all just like little uh, what are those called little clay uh, toys toy soldiers they're just standing there unmoving already rendered powerless and i just you know shower them with arrows and i kill the ones that are already dead he tells and then the, the you know then he says you know i believe that this luminous presence is nothing but rudra he says in the mahabharata this is nothing but rudra alone rudra is protecting me from far away because i don't know otherwise i don't know where to direct the bows so how is rudra protecting he is showing me he is the guiding light that is showing me where to point the arrow number 1 number 2 he is also protecting me by showing one more thing he is showing that these are all already killed already gone i am just doing my duty nimitta matram bhava savya sachin you know arjuna had told him in the 11th chapter you just be the instrument nimitta here means you be the instrument of my doing you know you are not anything else and anybody else you be just the instrument of my doing so this is agrevadha and duryavadha both examples can be covered in the mahabharata because when sometimes you know what happens even in our daily lives we may be going somewhere and some intuition comes don't go that side there is little danger don't do that you know and you cannot ra- ra- rationalize you cannot reason why this is where this is how this is you don't know but you just somehow you are compelled to listen and you backtrack and then some accident happens or something happens and then you feel like you are protected this is what is agrevadhaya cha durevadhaya cha antre yeah this is very important antre antre hanta hanta means killer killer of what here the whole jagat jagat antra hantre jagadanta jagadanta means the the one who takes the jagat back unto oneself you know pulls the plug on the jagat yeah hanta one who pulls the plug on the jagat the jagat resolves unto whom he is known here invoked as hanta and this hanta you know is what is is bhagavan and then the jagat what happens to the jagat is it completely gone no what happens to it later on it comes back you know so therefore the word hanta is accompanied by haniyas haniyase haniyas means the one who puts an end to samsara ha ah. one who puts an end to something that doesn't come back hanta here is the jagat you know samhara karta the one that resolves the jagat unto himself that is one meaning but the jagat keeps coming back and for the mokshaarthi the jagat you they don't want the jagat to come back correct and so if you don't want to jagat jagat to come back you you acknowledge bhagavan you salute bhagavan as haniyase namaha haniyas is the one who kills ignorance 
so that the jagat doesn't come back to haunt you and if the jagat is there it is just ishvara ishvara's glory vibhuti you're not affected by the jagat anymore hani ase namaha so you see very nice so you invoke bhagavan as the one unto whom the jagat resolves because the person who is afraid of death sees death as nothing but bhagavan and in the other one you know that which is deathless is invoked because once this ignorance goes the ignorance is killed then one is truly without any death no death there yeah ha yeah. and then namaha vrikshebhyah harikeshebhyah we have seen this before so it's not that suddenly we are doing namaha to greenery you know but here that which is like a you know cool green tree with uh, nice leaves etc we are invoking the nurturing aspect because here here hantre hani as we have seen the one that takes care of ragadvesha the one that takes care of adhyanam and then the one that nurtures all the you know all the what is that the swarupa lakshana the understanding of swarupa lakshana within oneself as sachidanandam sachidananda atma sachidanandam brahma that one is here rikshebhya harikeshebhya namaha so this the, the essence of all the trees which with the leaves which are just like the if you imagine the dreadlocks of the lord they are like hanging leaves of all the trees life giving you know life giving sustaining aspect you know to show that that which sustains is oneself that one is here rikshebhyo harikeshebhya namaha and then what namaha paraya that i will take tomorrow so little bit of a lengthy word uh, i mean the word is not lengthy the meaning uh, is many layered meaning we can stop here we have done ಪೂರ್ಣಶ್ಚಪೂರ್ಣಾಯಿಶಾಂತಿ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರು ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ